We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. All right, well, welcome to um, another episode of the Eight Black Hands podcast. We don't have eight black hands today. We have four black hands, and, and two black hands are missing in action right now, but they will be joining us soon right here. But we're going to get started anyway. right? He's on his own time zone, and, and, and it's always that way. We have with us three uh, guests today that are going to help us understand the Texas context. Uh, everywhere we go, we like to ask the question, how are the children? How are the children of Texas? How are the children of San Antonio? How are the children just in general? And when we say the children, we specifically like to know about the children that are on the margins of societal success, right? And what a state is doing to help them. So we're going to start at the top. Our illustrious guest today is represented from the state uh, 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 house, Representative Jervin Hawkins. Did I get it right? No, you didn't. Okay, Gervin <laughs> Hawkins. You got it now. Okay, so we're going to keep trying this. We're going to get it, right? We this believe is, in a growth mindset. You this is called formative assessment. Right. Formative assessment. You got to check right. on me every do, now and then, right? I'm going to check for understanding check, before I leave right. here. Check for understanding because, you know, recall and recite. I don't know what, what your educators know, but we specifically would love to hear from you as outsiders, people coming into Texas. What is going on here? What are the challenges? Um, I heard some great successes this morning in terms of policy victories in this last, yes. this last uh, major, session that you did. Major. major. It seems like you guys fought off some things. Yes, we did. But is it over? Is it done? Is there a new challenge it's on never the horizon? Over. So? It's never over. Just like the philosophy that uh, education is lifelong. Mm-hmm. Making sure that we have policies that address that is, is ongoing. We can never get there. But I think we made major steps this session. Our goal this session, number one, was to make sure the schools had the proper funding. That's number one, to be able to do the work that's needed. Number two was to make sure that our educators were taken care of. That's important. You know, the educational field, we've got to treat our teachers like professionals, and we've got to pay them. The unprofessional ones, too, or just The unprofessionals. And guess what we do? Once we find out, we kick them out. All right. Yeah. <laughs> if they're not that making a grade. In, I was about to say. Oh, my God. It happens in Texas. We figured it out. That's oh, different. well, let me just say this, now. Let me. I believe most people who get into the profession try to do their best. But we also recognize that this profession is not for everybody. And so what we've got to do is make sure those people who don't fit, it, fit, fit in, you know, need to understand that, too. And so we don't have to let people go. You know, as I tell my staff, I don't fire anybody. They fire themselves. And so, and I think that's important. But I want to be clear that, you know, in the state of Texas, the major steps that we've taken, we put $9 billion in education this year. So we... From what? What was it, what was it before? The overall budget? I don't have the number on hand. We add it, add it over and above. But the goal was to make sure per pupil amounts increased, number one, putting weighted average funding in our dyslexic kids, finally recognizing that as a real uh, deficit, okay? The other thing was our EL kids, making sure we put more funding and also developing a performance pay for students. And we, from the state legislative point of view, we didn't design the performance matrix. We're letting every district decide how they measure student success and educator success. 
So our goal this session was to make sure we gave districts latitude, we put more money, and we also took care of our retired teachers, too, because we felt that that was important. So question about, you just said a lot of money yes. got yeah. put into this. So as a legislator, how do you know that that money is attached to outcomes in some way, shape, or form? What's, what's the feedback loop that you know that that was money well spent? Well, think about it. You know, everybody thinks outcomes is just what happens on the state standardized tests, okay? Well, the other outcomes is how you embrace a school and create that culture and that community of success and of high expectations. And so we're looking forward to our leadership in every school to make sure that they're getting the outcomes that they establish, that their community needs. We can no longer educate on what I call the broad brush method. We've got to be able to say what you need in Philly or what you need in, what's that place you're from? <laughs> Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Okay. Far We're, off land of snow. Okay. And what Detroit needs and what Texas needs are altogether different. So we've got to stop doing everything with a broad brush and give our leadership the latitude to develop what works for them. And I think that's important. Not everybody. Not everybody's hey. a leader, though. So wait a second. Uh, who is this? Yeah. Some dude just walked just up and got on the stage. Yo, security, security. Security. Yeah, take him away right, right who now. Who is this sweating man? What are you what? doing? Every, what are you every doing? episode, you calling me out about something, man. What's happening? Well, I'm trying to get here for the people. You, 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 you tried. You yeah, you tried. Yeah, Did y'all you say tried? his name was Ray? It's Ray. Yeah, hey, is Ray, Ray. How you doing? Yeah, How you yes, doing? Yes. Only you can call me. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Late Ray Ray. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, now we have six black hands. This is uh, uh, Ray the Republican. Uh, he's he's. Uh, it's a Republican state, bro. Oh, that's true. Is that, is that, that why is you're true, Republican? So. That's true. Oh, okay. no, he was there That's before true. he came to Texas. Oh, I thought he was yeah. adapting to the environment. No, no, he's one of He got us into the state. <laughs> oh, okay. He, that, that, that's how he we showed his here. R card. Yeah, yeah, he just showed his R card. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah, y'all can come down here. All right. So. We love you, too. Appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, like you said, the legislator here is majority Republican, and I have many Republican friends. Yeah. That's how I get legislation passed, okay? Absolutely. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I heard a little bit this morning about bipartisanship, and nationally that's falling apart. Mm. You know, the bipartisan project for charter schools is, is literally falling apart yes, for yes. children. Yes. For kids. For yeah, kids. for kids, yeah. actually, yeah. So, how are you dealing with that? Well, I look at people as people. I don't look at, look at them as people. No. Even Republicans? Even Republicans. Oh, okay. Okay? Everybody has a heart. Everybody has a mind, okay? And I'll tell you, one of my Republican colleagues told me when I was debating a stance on the issue, he said, I got an opinion too. And you know what I said? You're right. You do. And so for me, it's about respecting each other's position, being good listeners, and understanding we don't have to agree all the time. But what we can do and what we have to make sure is that we sensitize people to common sense and good decision-making. As a, as a legislator, it is my fiduciary responsibility to make sure that I'm not left or right. I'm in the middle because I want to make sure that I'm able to serve all the people that I represent, not just left or right side. That's important. I like that. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm looking at you. Her. You will vote for her? Absolutely. All right. Vote for, Ryan, vote, for the, vote for me. I vote for the best candidate, not just because they're Republican or Democrat. You should try that. You never vote for the best candidate. <laughs> you have never in your life voted for the best candidate. I voted for Obama. Don't lie to that these killed people. killed me for eight years. <laughs> Don't lie to these people. Uh, so that sounds good in theory. 
is it working out in practice that, that Republicans and Democrats are really finding a lot of common ground, at least for what we care about, which is charter schools and choice? It does. Now, remember, I want y'all to know, in the House of Representatives, we pray every day, okay? We pledge allegiance to our flag, not my flag or their flag. And so that unity is so important. We cry together. We, we hold each other when, when there's uh, desperate times that occur and we're impacted. So we become Wait human second. beings. This, this, is, this is a government? <laughs> this is a government. I'm trying to picture because, you wow. know, being okay. from the East Coast, we have like this, we have ideas about Texas. Okay. And so I'm, I'm trying to picture you being embraced by, you know, some guy with five-gallon hat. That's right. Boots. Big buckle. I guess that's right. And packing his gun. And packing his gun. Yeah. And, and I see no cowboy boots em, here, too, just Embracing you about the achievement of black kids? Oh, like, yeah. Is that, is that something that you guys are huddling and hugging about? We are. Because one thing I think everybody recognizes that in today's time, everything is multicultural. Okay? Everybody is associated in some way, be it an in-law, a cousin, or whatever. But I, I, I want to dispel the myth that Texas is so hard rock that it's one way or the highway. That's not true, okay? What is true is that Texans have a strong feeling about where they are and where they stand. They believe in their guns. They believe in their cowboy boots and cowboy hats. But I love it because it's a culture that they stand proudly behind. So when I look at my colleagues across the aisle and I'm able to sensitize them to see my side, it's a beautiful thing. And you feel successful? Oh, that? very, very successful. For me, you know, I was one of the rookie of the years when I first served. This is my second session. I've made it a point to make sure that I reach out to my Republican colleagues and talk with them as human beings, not as a D or an R. Is it difficult sometimes? Do I get everything I want? No. But guess what? I've done a lot, and I'm proud of it. Any, any higher aspirations? Because you sound like you, you know. She well, sounds like she should be getting a phone call right, right. about now <laughs> for some national work, right? right? Yeah. Some national work. I, you know, I think one of the things we as a people got to realize is that our country is built on love, caring, and nurturing. So when you talk about our children, the marginalized children, we know, maybe some of you do, some of you don't, but I know this, born and raised in the inner city of Detroit, even the thugs on the street will take care of you if they know you care about them. Yeah, okay? absolutely. And so you've got to show that love and that care. And that's the same way with some of my Republican colleagues. When I show that love, care, and concern, and we're able to debate issues, sometimes we walk away and say we'll agree to disagree. But at the end of the day, you know, we're still human beings, and we're still going to support each other on some issues. I, I hear you. Yes. I hear you. I, I just I, here comes the cynicism. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit cynical in, in that regard. Um, you know, all, I always thought like Texas, everything was bigger. It is, including the oppression of black folks. Oh wow! Oh no? Lord! I, what? what are we doing children? here? You're trying to get one out of here, here man. More. Tell, yeah, no. no. I wanna, I wanna you are more. a guest no. in Texas. I am a guest, and I want to hear more. Tell me about. Tell me about some wow. of the specific things. Wow, ladies and things. gentlemen, the four black hands. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about some of the just specific disbanded. things that are happening, advancing black children. Because if it's going well, we need to replicate it across. Because when you said, "Oh, this country is built on love," I don't know if a lot of black kids feel that in in public schools. Well, I just don't feel like I don't think that's that's their experience. In public schools. At least Philadelphia, 
only 57% of black boys graduate in four years. 65% of the students graduate, period. And when I look at, like, across the city, you know, the Shot Foundation looks at this city, that city. I look at that report every year. I've yet to see an indication that black children feel like this country loves me. And they love, they, they want, they're holding people, adults accountable for my outcomes. And so I would, I would love to hear more because we need to replicate it. Well, let, first of all, let me say this. Let's stop painting everything with a broad brush, okay? She said There's that already. There's a lot of black right. children, though. There is a lot of black children, but did you know also there were black cowboys and cowgirls? I did. Bill Pickett. I used to read about Bill Pickett when I was a, when I was a kid. Okay. Nat Love, Nat Love, Deadwood Dick, Bill Pickett. I, like, well, you're going you, back you, to you the 30s, man. You're talking to a reader. You're going back to yeah, the 30s. Yeah, well, you said cowboy. Like, what, no, no, no. Who I'm are these about... people that you are talking about <laughs> right now? Peckles what Bill. What is happening right now? I, I, I am talking the Lone about Ranger today. The Lone Ranger was a black dude. I'm talking you know? about just yesterday, okay? Y'all still, wait a minute, y'all still got, I mean, uh, Philly, look, Philly got black cowboys riding down 52nd Street. Now, we're not riding they down 52nd Street, but we are riding down the rural, rural, rural areas and the rural I, roads, I okay? Feel you, I feel you. But let me just say this. You know, uh, there's a perception that you northern folks got to get away from, that Texas is so hard. Uh, what we've got to realize is that a lot of our Texans that are strong-willed, it's not necessarily that they're practicing discriminatory things. It's a lack of understanding, just like, let me give you an example. And this is a, a different topic, but I think it's important because it affects schools. Gun violence. Do you know rural... Uh, what was it? Gun violence. Mm, yeah. Rural kids feel different about guns than urban kids? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay? So there's a national perception, as you talk about our, our black children, okay? If, if Ray Ray, I'm sorry, not you specifically, Ray Ray, but Ray Ray Jr., if Ray Ray Jr. does something bad, then guess what? Little Carl gets blamed also. And so we've got to turn that perception just because one person does something, we're all the same. And we've got to get away from that. Yeah, we don't want a stereotype. We don't want a stereotype. And that's where a person like me who get in the state house, I'm not an example or replicate of my other colleagues who happen to look like me. I'm Barbara. And when I'm Barbara to my our colleagues, they see me as Barbara. And then... You know, my silver hair helps a little bit too. So, you know, gotta I'm Barbara. I see Barbara. Yeah, yeah, right. Nice little touch. Nice little touch right there. Uh-huh. So, I use that to my advantage, okay? As you should. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on and giving us some context today about Texas. I want to leave you just with one question, if you can answer one last yes. question for us. I always believe that young people are in proximity to us watching what we do. Mm. And if someone is watching you who wants to do what you do at some point, what is the key piece of advice you give them, the sage piece of advice you would give to a young person who wants a future doing what you do? Well, it's not just one. First of all, do unto others as you have them do unto you. That's number one, okay? Number two, work hard. Persevere. Let's stop blaming what we don't have and talk about how you can get. And believe in yourself. Believe in yourself and believe the sky is the limit. I've always felt all of my life, that I can be bigger and better than anybody else. And we've got to instill that back in our children. Many of our children have lost confidence and have lost hope. And we've got to bring hope back to our young people. You've heard the conversation. I didn't think I would live until I was 18, past 18. Yeah, I, I mean, I said that myself. Well, not 18, but in my 20s. I, yeah, I, I expect How to. dare you? How dare you say that? That's okay? But I've got to be in your face and say you've got to believe in yourself. 
And that ain't true. Well, I believed in me. I just didn't think that the Philadelphia police believed in me or the, you know, the, the angry dude down the, down the street believed in me. You know, I believed in myself. Did you think about what you can do to help him believe in you? Yes. Okay. But, but I do that more now than I did. Okay, that's you. good. Not only that, let's recruit some of our young brothers to, be, to get into the police force. Yeah. And you know what? Speaking of that, can you just briefly talk about your diversity? Last, last question. Right. See, he always does this. He always does this. Well, I was about to announce the representative's presidential campaign kicking off here right now. I was just about to announce it and tell everybody to write the check. But sure, let's talk about the diversity. Yeah, I mean, you, you had a specific program that you were using to help diversify the teaching um, Yes, the, Force, the teaching right? profession. Yeah. So what I was able to do was join partnership with Toyota. And we put together a cohort of young African-American men who had degrees already, who was athletes, didn't know what to do with themselves. We put them in a condensed teacher certification program. So by doing that, they're able to how, now how, be, how long? I'm sorry, I don't mean to interject. How long was the program? The program, really it was a year, but they were able to serve as an intern. Okay. So like a residency. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they were able to get paid yeah. while they were also getting trained. Okay. That meant they could stay the course. Yeah. So 90% uh, succeeded. Because our young men don't ble- don't see themselves as educators. Mm-hmm. They think you got to be a geek, you got to be high academic outcomes, but really you have to love kids and real and willing to know your craft. And you know, know the high content academic area. outcomes isn't a bad thing either. Like no, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. Yeah, but it's yeah. E- it's easy to make the transition from being a, a highly capable athlete to transitioning over yes. to being competitive as a teacher. Because like I know if I'm teaching next door and somebody has higher outcomes than me. The next year, it's going. To, it's got. It's got to change. I got to have higher outcomes than that person. Cole would have said, "How you know about high athlete?" But he's not here. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I come I'm from the only athlete family, Steve. so I know. <laughs> I know about athletes. Okay, I come from a high achieving acad- uh, athletic family. We're making this connection right here. So yeah, you know, know right, athlete, we know do. Athlete. Yes, yes. Well, we appreciate you. Thank I'm happy you to so be much. here. Thank yeah. you. We appreciate uh, the representative taking time with us today. Everybody, round of applause. Yeah, thank you. Thank Write you. the check for the presidential campaign. It's kicking <laughs> off right now. I am the campaign manager. Thank you very much. She sounds better than Biden. <laughs> she, she does sound better than Biden. Uh, I, I will agree no to that. No argument here. No argument there. And I've got a plan for everything, yeah. That's right. That's don't, right. Don't, well, if you got a plan for everything, don't. don't, don't. Well, it's better than Warren's plan, right, for kids? No doubt oh, about it. Yeah, no see. doubt about okay, it. Okay, all right. Oh, so okay. She, you actually have a plan then? <laughs> oh, I do, because okay. one of the things, too, and I'm sorry to take up more time than I no, need no, to. No, 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 no. Take as much time as okay, you want, but, Auntie. You know, one of the things that I'm concerned about, too, <laughs> on a high level, is our kids in, this, in school debt. Yeah. Because what's going to happen, we as a society make a lot of mistakes, okay? We've got rid of vocational training. Now we've got a, a big gap in our trade programs, okay, and our trade careers. We're looking at school debt. So it's no longer, I love you, can we get married? It's like, how much you owe, how much I owe? And is it financially feasible for us even to get married? We're creating that problem for our young people. And that, to me, is an issue that we have to address. I don't think that's a bad question on the first date. What's your credit score? (laughs) What's your credit score? Lord have mercy. Just stop, man. All right. (laughs) We're going to see a joint project between Equifax and Tinder. (laughs) Any day now, just watch Tinder it. facts. It's Tinder facts. <laughs> it's gonna be my next. My y'all saw. I just invented that, just so you know. I gave you the name, so I gotta get something. Tinder facts. It's on the engagement right. checklist. There it is. <laughs> All right, y'all, give it up for the representative. Oh, thank, thank you, so you, much. Thank, thank you so, much. so much for coming. All righty.
We are now bringing up our next illustrative guest, Christopher Mays. Spell that word you just said. Illustrative? I don't know. We're, go, we're gonna go with it though. Look it up. I think it's I L illustrative. That's how you spell it. Webster.com. Uh, Webster.com. There it is. So, Mr. Mays, how you doing? First, we should have done this reverse. Really? Yes. Okay. She should have been last. Okay. But Why? I'm fine. Why? Well, we wanted to start at the top. Why? Right. I'm short. Yeah. And she set the bar high. Yes, yeah, she did. Okay. So exactly. you got to jump now. It was like. Some trampoline type stuff. <laughs> Tell us about the work you do, brother. Sure. I am uh, the superintendent for Beatrice Mays Institute. We are actually the oldest, lasting African-American school in the city of Houston. Wow. Uh, my mother and father started in 1966 as a private school, and we transitioned to charter for K-8 in 2001. So we're a Generation 6 charter school. Um, so, sorry, sorry. I was a NASA engineer. My mother called and said, I was thinking about retiring. I said, okay, I'll come and try to check it out. So I came in to check it out. My mother did not retire. I'm sitting in a business meeting, and she's talking about math and science, and our kid's not getting it. So I was like, well, let me try. And I got addicted. And so I would do operations, stop, and start doing tutorials and seeing the gap, start trying to fill the gap. And it was like, Ah, this is it. And so then it transitioned to me moving up into leadership, and she was like, really, I am done. And so I got the seat of superintendent, and I've been learning ever since. That's amazing, man. That's That's 18 years later. Let's talk about some outcomes, man. What are y'all doing? Uh, wait a second. Wait a second. We got to jump right into it. 18 years. 18 I years. Appreciate <laughs> outcomes. I have never heard a story like this before. That's true. So in the early 1960s. 1966. 1966. Yes. Your folks started yes. an independent school. Yes, a charter, a private school. A private school. Yes, we were the second private school in the city of Houston. So, in, so, a, in your home, in the... In a, no, my uh, dad bought a, a house for my mother about nine blocks down the street. Oh, wow. 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 And uh, my dad had his own business, and he would open the business up in the morning, and he would go do his business. When my mom come in, she would cook, and she would start teaching. And then he would come back in after his shift and close the business down. And they would go home. And they did that every day. And my dad was like, why, why don't I just shut my business down and do, let's work together. And he did. And so it just kind of started going from there. Uh, uniforms were started by, um, we're in Houston, so the Houston ISD teachers and their stuff would bring their kids to our school. And they was like, I want my I kids to wear a uniform. I was just about and to ask then we started wearing uniforms. How many students do y'all have now? Now? We have 550 kids. What grades? What grades? Uh, Holistic organization-wide is uh, 18 months to 8th grade. The charter charter school movement is K through 8th grade, and that's 475 kids. So 18 months to 8th grade. Yes. So you guys are getting them really early. Yes. So then we definitely got to talk outcomes because that could be replicated. So um, this this is Ray's favorite part. Okay, everything's outcomes with him. So so, so let's hear it. So um, part of the success of our school is most of our students will move on to any smaller smaller school that's like us, right? And so most of your top tier schools in the city of Houston, um, DeBakey, which is the uh, medical school, um, Carnegie, which is your Vanguard school, South South Early Colleges, which are transition school that you graduate with your associate's degree or something like that. Most of our kids, and that's why I was telling you about um, Frazier Wilson and doing that transition in STEAM, 
Um, most of our kids will go to South Early College um, because it is a st- totally STEM school. Mm-hmm. And so um, most of our kids go there already having at least one to two credits already in high school. Um, they're highly qualified for the algebra, algebra course, and they mostly are taking AP courses. And so that is probably about 85 to 90 percent of our students that leave us. Uh, we do have a few that will go on to uh, their, their neighborhood schools. And we have a few that are athletically inclined for real. And so, uh, like, two years he ago, we had... for real and looked at you. No, he said, for <laughs> he real. No, you right, saw no, that, right. he looked right at Ray. No, Ray. No, no, for real. You see how, Ray, how, Ray. how confident I am? I, 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 I just said that because you, you said you were the only athlete up here. That's only said, one. You didn't right. fall for that, though, right? Okay. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> so you're, 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 you're 18 month through 8, because I don't want to call it a K to 8, because I want to call it what it is. Yes, sir. It's kind of like a... What's the, what's the HBCU that pumps out all the doctors in, in New Orleans? Burview? Xavier. So you got like a K to 8 Xavier, huh? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. So um, most of our students do go on to, um, do go on to the university level, um, and... What we did a bad job of, or what we started to do a good job of, is tracking our students through. Yes, yes. And so, um, but we know it because uh, we're probably one of the few schools that alumni will come back to their middle school, yeah. elementary school, and, and want to see because most of our teachers that are at our school started there early on. What? And taught the people who are teachers there. And we have teachers who went there who came back to teach. Let me, let me ask you something. Yes, sir. With, with all the work that you're doing, sure. most, of, most of your students are, are black? 98%. 98% are black. Yes. How many times do traditional neighborhood schools or leadership come visit you to see what can I learn? How do I replicate this? How do we make this from 500 to 5,000? Why are you asking questions you know the answer to? I'm curious. No, I'm curious. Yeah. I'm not going to assume. What do you think the answer is? I'm going to assume. You already know the answer. I, my, I'm going to, unfortunately, I'm going to guess no. You're right. I, You're right. Yeah. No. Not, not that partnership like that. No. Fortunately, one of our alumni is the COO for the largest district, and it's a, for the Houston district. So we talk. Okay. And he has, like, that brand because he's been affected by us. So one of the things he's focused on is I want to affect the kids, right? Yeah. So we talked about the fight between ISDs and charters. One of the things that we say is, listen, we're preparing them that since we don't have high school, we're sending them back to the, to the district. Yeah. So you're getting qualified students that you really don't have to worry about from a testing perspective and how they're growing. So we're actually, we're actually working together in this process. So um, it's, it's not really a fight, but if we look at it, we're looking, looking at the lives that we're really trying to save. And it should be. I mean, and I'm hoping that more, more cities you know, mirror that. What, what he's doing, what you're doing together, yes. like that should just be the model that we're working together to, at the end of the day, they're all our kids, right? True, true. Man, bump that. When are we going to 12th grade? So um, <laughs> here's, my, well, here's my board members right here, and so they are actually pushing oh, that process. Y'all, y'all, holding, them, board y'all, board y'all right holding them back from going about. to 12th grade? No, no, no. What's, they're, up? what's they're up? They're pushing. They're pushing. They're okay, pushing. Okay, okay. And so uh, we right. actually just we went through a growth um, strategic plan to do a growth plan, and then we are actually planning to do 9-12 in a couple of years. So we want to first expand our middle school. And then uh, we'll go to 912. So we're trying to establish the entire feeder pattern all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. we've got to get that fundraising. But first yes. of all, let me Charter just say. Charter School Growth Fund. You want to talk about that? 
about the fundraiser. Yes, let's talk about the fundraiser. There will be a plate coming around right now. <laughs> Wait, so so are we going? So is, is, is this a Sunday plate like fish? No, 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 no. 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 He got the hat. No, no. Catfish, catfish, Ray. Man, what church do you go to? We need deeper. The greatest Starlight Baptist Church, right? Covington, Louisiana. Anyways, Ray aside of the matter. One thing I'm always interested in, what you have just told me is an amazing story, right? Okay. And I, I actually don't think our narratives and our stories get told well. Sure. Right? Like, we're always on the wrong end of the narrative. We just talked to uh, a representative from the House. I wonder what your relationship and your board members' relationship is with legislators to be able to transmit the story you just told. <clears throat> How are they engaging with what you're doing in your work? You want to know the truth? No, we want you to lie to it, brother. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. It's really no, not tell good. Tell us the truth. Um, yeah. It's not good. One, um, from our part, it's really been so much about the work that now the legislative part needs to, is becoming more important. Like There has to be a relationship built, um, and we're trying to get more people out to start hearing our story. Um, because So in our organization, it's Beatrice Mays Institute K-8, through but it's also Wonderland Private School, and that's the name that people who are in the city that's 40 years and older will know Wonderland. And so we, our trademark is simple by our uniform, but to understand Wonderland. So some of the older legislative or people that's in power in legislation know Wonderland. And so now as they're hearing the results of Beatrice Mays Institute or what we would say BMI, they're starting to recognize the BMI part. But one of the hardest things is to actually connect to say, come see who, what we're doing and see what, um, how you can help how you can kind of hold our banner up and, and to kind of give us ideas on how we connect, right? Um, because one of the things that they're asking us to do is getting people out to vote, but like the people who I serve, they're trying to make it, right? So when they're talking about coming out to, 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 to hear a representative talk, I got to get my kid home, we're going to go to other football practice, and we're going to go to church, and I got to do homework, and I'm not trying to come back to the school no more. And so do all you got to do while this kid is with you, and we're done. And so that is a very hard connection, right? And so for us now, seeing that we have to figure out a way to get them connected to understanding that your vote matters, that your voice matters, that those things matter. And it's not necessarily the parents, but also leadership, like myself, right? Um, not, no, not so much being in the office, but being out and talking and, and, and encouraging them to understand that, hey, it really is important, right? That was really why I was really impressed by um, uh, the honorable, right? Um, because because of hearing the the connection to the work that she's doing and what's happening on the ground, right? And so now it's reverse, right? We need to know and we need to be connected to them so they can understand, guys. Th- this is really hard. So the decisions that you're making, they need to make sense on the ground, right? Because we are actually dealing with the lives of our kids and and. You making it harder for me means it's more time away from my kids, right? And so uh, that's the bridge that we have to make in this process because the school has to be connected to to legislation and the legislation has to be connected to the school. And if we don't make that connection, then we're losing it because you're trying to make a decision based on kids who you never touched, right? And so that's the main thing about it because our kids get it. I'm talking about the kids you're talking about, right? Our kids get it, but sometimes they might hear it three or four times three or four times and hear it a different way or hear it how um, it makes sense to them and then they can replicate it. And they'll, they'll show you that they know it, but it's not about 
if they can learn, they can learn, but we have to be patient enough to work with them so they can. And the representatives or the people need to be able to see that, that our kids can do it just like anybody else. And so they can throw a football, and they can tell you the distance of their football, and they can calculate the I think that deserves a round of applause, right? Our kids can achieve at high levels. I think our educators need to always be putting this message out because what we hear oftentimes from educators nationally is what I call awfulizing. They talk about our children in a way that when they get done talking about all the deficits of our children, just running down a list of the deficits, you almost feel as though our kids, their brains aren't elastic. They can't learn because they're so awfulized by the people who are supposed to be educating them. And as a, as a parent, I can't trust the system like that. So I love what you just said uh, a lot. Educators, what do y'all have to ask here? Because I'm not the educator on the panel. I know y'all got questions about the model. So I, I'm, I know KIPP is in, uh, in Houston, and Yes Prep is in Houston. How do your schools compare to those schools? Uh-oh. That loud. Grudge match is about to happen. Anybody here from Yes Prep or KIPP? Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm right actually here. so here we go. So I'm actually really close with Mark, uh, who is at Yes, and so Yes is doing a really good job. Um, yes doesn't have the history that we have, so in our scores, our scores outlast theirs. Okay. Um, when you say outlast, clarify, please, sir. Yeah, so our scores are higher than what you would see at Kip, what you would see at Yes, right? Um, we actually have the opportunity to provide more of a one-on-one model. Right, and so uh, we use the funds that we get, and our schedule is just what it is—a schedule until it needs to be changed. So, if I need to work with this student, I don't care about where the student needs to be in the next period. I'm gonna work with that student, right? So, when you see in my schedule, then what I would take—I would take kids, and they would miss certain ancillaries, or they may see something different. And I'm gonna work with what you need until you got it, right? Absolutely. So now, if I if I help you with your reading comprehension. Then your math school is going to back into math class and you right. read that word problem. Yeah. Reading comprehension has solved what you were doing so you understand what you're doing. Because if you do the computation, you can see they understand the computation, but they couldn't understand the problem. So now that they solve understanding the problem, the computation becomes easier. Absolutely. Right? And so that's the reason why, sorry, I'm going to do a plug for this, why I wanted to do STEAM. Because when I was in the control center and my mother told me, Chris, you're weak at word problems. And so now I'm working at NASA in the front room calls and says, hey, we need a calculation of what the Russians just asked for more power. And I was like, my God, this is a word problem. So I started doing what I told the students. Draw a picture. And I started drawing a picture. I started shading the earth. And I started putting my numbers in. And I, I, I made my educated guess. And I put it into the system. And I worked it out and I made sure it made sense. And went from there. So when I, teach them, when I was teaching word problems, just write down what you see. If you need 50 stick men, write 50 stick men. Three of them left, cross three of them out. Right? Yeah. And now you start answering your own questions until you get your answer because it's there, right? And so um, the, the, the ability, and, and that's honestly the reason why we want to stay small because, the smaller, because we stay small, it helps us to touch the life better. Right? And so um, uh, I'm so, fortunate. So I don't mean to interject, but sure. I'm trying to get you to this high school. Amen. So, so yeah. Go so, ahead. tell me. So, when you think about your results and you think about your results outlasting, yes, and outlasting, um, Kip, they fundraise. <laughs> so, like, how do you then frame your story to where you're putting yourself up against them with better results, and then also being more equitable, being being more like. Sure. So, 
I'm learning this. I just learned this. Okay. Uh, so in our strategic plan, it was to codify, right? Yeah. So we have to write down as as best as possible how we do what we do and show the yielded results, right? Yeah. yeah. And so now I just h- hired somebody to. Um, I'm sorry. We just hired somebody. My bad. Yeah. We just hired somebody, right? Based on the. Um, to help us to articulate what our successes are so they can see, so the donors can see, hey, we need to help these people. Because my skill is not that. I can talk, but my skill is not to translate our success into, onto paper to say, hey, this is who we need to help in, the, in, in, in their fundraising efforts. So that's, that's been the work of me being the superintendent CEO yeah. is to now start to take what I lack in skill yeah. to bring people on, on board with me to help me to get to where we're trying to go. My favorite words in a board meeting is based off the recommendation of the superintendent. (laughs) (laughs) It brings me great joy. I will say this, though. This is the thing. So, like, I'm in communications. These are two educators. Charles, who's not with us today, is also an educator, but he works with young people. So we all have different superpowers that we work with. But in terms of communications, being able to tell your story is directly related to the fundraising and this for me like when there's a national collaborative of charter school leaders of color right i think if you were to talk to them one of their main kind of obstacles is being able to tell their story that translates into fundraising and if you can't get the resources to do the work that you're doing the story could be fantastic but it's 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 not gonna last right um Sharif, you got anything to say before we wrap with, with I just, uh, I mean, Mr. Mays? First of all, it's great to meet you. The story that you told about the start of your school, your, the, your parents, Love it. Um, reminds me of the, the independent school that I grew up in. Here we I, go. I wish. That, <laughs> yes. The I, what is it? Ansamasi? No, stop it. <laughs> Nithamusasa hashtag. Like, I mean, I wish the story, they, it no longer exists. And so a lot of my classmates, um, you know, were constantly saying like hey you know what we need to restart that school but i'm just like the longevity that you have from 1966 if they would have been able to hold on like they lasted to the 80s but you know just a, a few more years and then they could have actually you know also become a charter and continue to serve you know students across philadelphia and and um beyond and so i'm just i'm appreciative of the work that your family did that your community did that your board members do um because there are a lot of independent black schools that no longer exist, that are no longer, you know, providing. The fact that your parents, you, board members are also black, serving black children. We need more black leaders. We need more black people starting schools. We need more black people leading and being board members. I don't think you can say black one more time. Blackity black, black. <laughs> you know, we, we just need more. Black we, so many times. We, need, like, we black, need more of it. Black, like, black, you know, black. We need great schools all together. We do. But we definitely, there's a, there's a, uh, all right, a plug lot yourself, of independent plug yourself. black schools ended plug up. Plug yourself. Uh, How are you helping black teachers? What's the call? The Center for Black Educator Development. What we were talking about is. earlier, oh, you know, okay. just yeah, that yeah. was talking to the representative about. We already had that conversation <laughs> off air. The Center for Black Kids that look good. <laughs> I mean, I really think we just have to make sure that's what I, what we do. I let the kids know because the school is in the neighborhood that I grew up. And so I let the kids Sixth know. Ward? Third Ward. Third Ward. I'm sorry, Trey. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, I mean, I listen to the ghetto boys, so I know something. Yeah, Scarface. Well, he was down the street, but Scarface, right? He's running for office November 5th. You guys vote for Scarface. He's he he's, he's, he's running as a what? He's council, council member. As a what? Uh, a Democrat or a Republican? Oh, non-nonpartisan, yeah. He's, uh, I can vote for that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's wait, Brad, wait, 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 Brad Scarface. I feel like I'm on pay. Jordan. Did you say, like, Scarface is running for office? Scarface. Yeah, you didn't know yeah. it. If I said Brad Jordan, you wouldn't know. Uh, yeah, he would. Yes, he would. He's a hip-hop yes, connoisseur. Yes. He's running for office. Yes, sir, he is. You need to do a story on that. We need to do a story on that. Better give him Scarface real quick. What's his theme song? Mine? No, his. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My mind is playing tricks. Yes, face. I'm sorry. So basically, what I was trying to say was that the more we let kids know that me being a NASA engineer or being an engineer and then being a leader, like you can't achieve it. It's not like I don't know how to talk hood. I don't know how to. I can speak and conjugate my verbs and have subject verb agreement, and then I can turn around and say something while we're on the court and and. You're bilingual. Yes, we're bilingual. All that. I'm but not. It's but possible, we're not, that's right? not bilingual, man. It's possible. 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 It's field period there are hundreds of independent black schools in the united states that have had a hard time making that transition from either well decision either we stay alive or we don't and and in the 70s there were like thousands of these schools now there's hundreds of them and charter world has not reached out to these schools to tell them that we have an opportunity to tell this story many times over across the country so give it up for christopher mays give it up Thank you, guys. We love people that educate our children. Absolutely. Not just the black ones. All of them. All all of the children. But especially. Not especially. Especially. All of them. Yeah, but when you look at outcomes. All means all. All means all. (laughs) But when I say that. Knock this off, man. Give Yes Prep the mic. I got to grill him, man. uh, Hold up. When I say. Outscored. When I say all means all. Yeah. It means all. When other right. people say all, sometimes there's always a group that's excluded from that. They're missing it all. I only say black lives matter because people said black lives don't matter. I only say right. black is beautiful because people said black is not beautiful. It's right? the, the only reason why you say that? It's a daishiki. It's not the only reason. I'm just saying it's why I say You just said the only reason why I say Fellas, we have a guest ha- now. I mean, it's, it's just to be a given that every group of people are beautiful, right? But there's specific messages to certain groups of people that to say that they're not. I'm going to wait you out. Welcome, bro. I get paid whether you. you learn or not. I'm just going to wait you out. <laughs> Ooh, how oh, many people have heard that? Don't do that. How many people have heard that when they were children? I'm don't just going to wait that. you out. I get paid whether you learn or not. Uh-huh. I got mine. I got mine. You better get yours. That's, that's, have that's y'all heard horrific. this before? Anybody heard that growing that's up? That's a horrific statement that yeah. just everywhere we've gone, people, people know, know that they can finish that sentence. Right. And then when you ask them where did they hear it, they heard it from their teachers. They never so, heard it in a charter school, though. They never heard it in a charter school. So what? I'm, I'm school. sure they heard I'm it. I'm positive they've heard that in a charter school. Are you kidding me? I don't think so. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> we have Kel Martin. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. This is welcome, an educator. Welcome. This is a teacher. Again, uh, Starlia set us up with some great stories today. So we just want to hear a little bit about the work that you do right now with, with Yes Prep. I'm really interested in it because so many of the kids are, uh, that we talk about oftentimes are considered disposable. Right. The, the, the main line school district oftentimes is great for people up the middle. But if kids deviate this way or that way, oftentimes they can't find the support, the nurturing that they need, the help. Uh, and it sounds like you are giving that type of help. And not even deviate if they show a little bit of independence. Right. Like it's not even like 
deviation. True. True. They're not deviant. It's just like, hey, you know what? I'm right. a little bit more assertive. We're a little bit independent. I'm not, we, uh, you talked about earlier where it's like, you know, crushing the spirit. And they resist right. that, right? Right. right. I want to hear him talk. talk. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Y'all always talking. Okay, so I work at Yes It's a pod- actually a podcast, right? Like, so we, we mean, are supposed yeah. to talk, we just are kind of what you do on a podcast, bro, but, you know. Yeah. All right. So I'm at Yes Prep Thrive. Uh, Thrive is the first DAEP uh, disciplinary alternative uh, education program in Texas. So it's the first charter of its kind. Uh, we do work with students who kind of, deviate, as you say, who um, might have a voice for themselves. And uh, we, we go in and we try to teach them the, the tools, the proper tools that they need to kind of navigate society, you know. And uh, we want to teach them to be proud of who they are and where they come from so that they can focus on where they're going rather than the, their past mistakes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how do you do that? First of all, uh, and I just want to give the additional context because there's a narrative that oh charters like they just kick everybody out and they don't do this That's and they right. don't cherry do that. pick right. cherry, cherry pick you know all, all of this stuff but you're you're you know and again you're not the only example you're an example of like you know the opposite of that mm-hmm. right and then two I'd love to hear about, like how do you do it without um, what what used to happen is called like breaking the buck how do you do that share the school the skills the tools to navigate without breaking his children's spirit. How do you balance? Okay, so just growing up as a product of traditional public schools, I've heard that about charters. You know, charters cherry pick, charters get rid of the students that they don't want to have. And uh, just I needed to go and experience that for myself working with charter schools. So I was able to kind of educate myself and realize that that isn't the case. And uh just some different things. So restorative justice is a piece that we use to kind of create an environment right, where let's, kids let, don't... Let's, let's pick on that. Okay. Because... He, does, he doesn't believe in that. I, it's not that I don't believe in it. I just believe that some people aren't doing it right. So what does restorative justice look like to you, sir? Okay, so restorative justice to me is where we go in and we uh, talk about behaviors and we teach students, like, tools that some people would say it's common sense. We, some things are learned, you know. We have to teach them those things, and we can't necessarily believe that everybody gets the same uh, lessons when they're at home. Absolutely. Okay, so restorative justice ensures that consequences aren't just punitive. Things aren't given to kids just to punish them. It's to teach them lessons, and it's not necessarily... If they walk away learning it, and it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, a detention, it's a conversation on why you did what you did and why it's wrong and why next time you're going to do something differently and why you're going to advocate for yourself when you see yourself getting angry. You're not going to storm out. You're going to be able to voice and communicate why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. That's what restorative justice is to me. I, I, I can roll with that. But I know what it's not. And so I'm just glad that whatever you said wasn't what it was So not. what is it not? What is it not? <laughs> what? Give an example of what what when is restorative People justice done that? People sitting in a circle with the something they pass around, and it's like, what did you do? And then you get you get the thing and you hold it. And you're like, well, I killed somebody, so they maybe come and sit in this circle. That's not restorative justice, right? I'm not gonna do this with y'all. Right? Y'all know <laughs> what it's not. not. Y'all that's, know what it is. Y'all know what it's not. That that's just not. stupid. Y'all just so, being messy, so, right? But it's true. Not everybody believes in restorative justice. There's a lot of things that happen in education that feel like it's the thing of the moment. It's the thing that people say. Uh, um, it sounds like you all have a reason for really thinking that this is the way to work with kids, right? And this is, it, it, it's, 
it's logical in your case. What you and saying? whoever is, does um, manage a circle by passing around a talking thing, that's fine. Right? Like, that's, that's fine. Stop, it's like, not fine. Does anybody here do that? true to the purpose of the circle. <laughs> raise your hand if you do that. Start leaving. you do that? Don't no. raise your hand. Don't raise your all right. hand. All right. I don't all necessarily right. think right. that talking Keep doing you in a community circle is necessarily a bad thing. But there is a right way to do, do it, right? So you're saying the community circle is a good thing? I mean, it has its moments. It has its, uh, its situational. It has its times to be relevant, yes. So that means that it has its times to not be relevant. Don't, let him, don't, don't fall into his trap. <laughs> Don't do it. I've seen it done before. I've seen this movie. Okay. <laughs> it's like get out. This is that bad scene at the end, babe. You know I can't give you the keys, right? That's what this is. This is that that yes. end scene, that last one. Listen, I've heard about long before I heard anything else about Texas. I heard about Yes Prep. Yes, sir. Uh, I was on the school board in Minneapolis. Some folks from Yes Prep came up to to Minneapolis to tell us about the Yes Prep story, uh, and what we loved about it. And I don't know if this is true, so you can help me whether it's true or not, was that it was a good partnership between charters and the district. The district was able to give facilities in return for, help me out, was it like grade? They got to use the, the test scores of Yes Prep, but they would get facilities in return, and we had never heard anything like that. Is there still this good relationship between Yes Prep and, and districts? There is a relationship between uh, Yes Prep and districts um notice he wait, no, no, you see, yeah, yeah, the no, 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 there is a relationship, is a relationship. Not, uh, I, can't, I can't speak to it because like i said i'm you married i mean there's a relationship <laughs> there's a relationship i said that there's a relationship right? that's like a bad marriage that's like 10 years over like come on now i mean i can only speak to my experience as an educator at thrive yeah i taught at yes prep east end and uh those so, are so y'all in the same house but different bedrooms I mean, you'd have to ask somebody who's, who works at uh, Eisenhower or Hoffman. Just stop, because I see where you're going with this. So Thrive and Yes Prep are different situations, though. Is that right? No, Yes Prep is a part of Thrive. It's a so DAEP. Now though. I'm confused. Now I'm confused. Because you confuse so yourself. So they, you just asked that last question. That happened, you didn't right? have to ask that question. So this okay, is, these are students who, if they're struggling, you know, like people, what the narrative is, oh, like, oh, they get sent back to their neighborhood school, where this is underneath right, the so umbrella. traditionally... And so. Students have been like expelled from Yes Prep, and this is a way for this is like a like a safety net that gives a kid or a student who may have made a mistake in their past to kind of go and learn some behavioral skills that'll help them be successful in their endeavors moving forward. So What's the grade can, level? Um, it's six to twelve. Six and then they 12? transition back to yes, they transition the, back to their, their to their Yes Prep, their, whatever their home, their home campus. Yeah. So the, does do any of the the students actually graduate from your location? Like they, so if you got them in like twelfth grade, they made a mistake, and then they they would get their um, they would get their term at Thrive, and um, at the end of the year, if their term is for the, at the end of the year, then yes, I guess they would technically graduate from Thrive. But as the students uh, do their terms from anywhere from 15 to 45 days, they do have a graduation saying that they've learned the skills to help them be successful at their home campus. Now, you got to be careful with this because am I going to have to be the bad guy up here? Don't say nothing, Ray. I don't know what you're about to say, but I'm sure it's wrong. So just, <laughs> just whatever it is. Just, okay, go All ahead. Right, no. Go ahead. Be the bad you guy. You can say. Yeah, go ahead. Because, right, like, solitary you, confinement is, like, that's not what this is. It's a That's school. not what this is. See, see, just I, I gotta put it out there. Cut his mic. Who is? <laughs> oh my god! Who is working the mic back here? Cut his mic. 
this is what I want to know. I personally believe that all children are born with unsurpassable worth granted to them by a mighty God, right? That's my, my life statement that I work with. It's the only reason I'm sitting here right now. And when I said earlier, some kids are treated as disposable. I love what you are saying right now because it is a way for charter schools, many of whom don't have a program like this, actually do sometimes see kids as disposable. Yeah. So I just, and we should be honest about that. We should never be lying to ourselves in any field. We should be honest about it, that it happens. What have you seen in terms of like some... Uh, people don't believe that, th- that kids can be recovered sometimes. What have you seen in terms of stories of students being recovered and coming back and, and making it back into the regular classroom? Well, just seeing a student realize that they're adults in the room actually there wanting to see them succeed and see them su- getting support and just see that, that shift in their mindset about what they're capable of, like, that's what makes this work so worthwhile. So just, like, showing a kid that you're there for them, like, no matter if you're going to turn up today, I'm still, I'm still here with you. Like, I'm not going to give up on you just because you, you're trying to push me away. And so just, like, seeing students, like, grow from that experience and, see, and making that connection with me in a, you know, a 30-day period, it makes the work, like, worthwhile. Now, what does that do for you as their teacher? Because, like, I, I know I got, like, a, a great sense of satisfaction when my kids from Baltimore went on to college and were able to do some amazing things. What does that do for you? Well, I mean, I became a t- an educator because I wanted my students to be proud of who they are and where they come from. So, like, that's my uh, goal. When I can hear them talk about... Uh, you know, something about a local election or they feel empowered to talk about something that affects them in their everyday life, that's what's rewarding for me. You know, like going off to college, yes, that's, that's a bonus. But if they get, that, um, they get that, that wisdom that lets them know, like, they'll be okay whether they choose to go to college or not, yeah. that, that's where I get my uh, – that's where I feel like my life has purpose. Awesome. I love your story. I hope you're telling it. At the legislature and other places, I hope more people, just like we said to uh, Christopher Mays, that more people are hearing these stories and they got to get out there. They, but in your case, I want to know as a wrapping question, there's going to be someone else who wants to do what you do, but maybe is not so sure. We're not always doing very well with getting black men specifically into these roles. What would you tell somebody who's like apprehensive about making this switch? Maybe they think it's for them. Maybe they don't. But they... They, 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 they kind of want to do it, but they're not all, way, all the way there yet. Um, I would definitely do my research. And, like, you're not going to make up your mind until you, you're ready for it yourself. But I think the best thing that I could say is think about what you wanted or what you feel like you needed when you were a young black man. And, like, go and be that. If that's, what, if that's something in education, then go ahead and pursue that. But just think about what you needed because the, the, those same, that same presence, that same, like, person is still needed today i guarantee you so i i, I want to give you your accolades bro because like i was talking to my son the other day and he's a 14 year old 11th grader skipped twice and he's never had a black male educator teach him like he went to my school so he's seen a black person like in leadership or whatever but he's never had a black teacher so i'm just thinking about how powerful that is for like young black males to have a black teacher in front of them I'm glad that I was able to be that for somebody. I'm glad you were able to be that for somebody, sir. See, I was just about to ask you who was doing the hiring, but since you just gave me a little uh, kudos, I'm not going to ask. I was doing the, I was doing the hiring. Man, you, you, listen, I'm out in, uh, on Long Island, and it's, uh, 
it's hard to get people to come out on Long Island, especially black folks, you know. But we got to do a better job. That doesn't. That doesn't. That's no bailout for me. I got to do a better job with recruiting folks that look. I like I thought the you kids. were about to go into a country song. You no, like it's hard <laughs> on Long Island. <laughs> and I just thought that I, I heard the banjos kicking in, bro. It's just like about to happen. You getting ready for Nashville? What are you doing? I am. We are all going to Nashville tomorrow. We are not all going to Nashville because I didn't get invited. Yikes! We forgot. We just forgot to invite him. But we are going there tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up uh, for Kel Martin, teacher extraordinaire and educator here in Texas. Uh, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having um, We're going to do a quick wrap. Is that okay with everybody? We just want to like go around the horn and talk just quickly about uh, um, what we heard and what we saw. I want to first say uh, thank you for the invitation to come here to Texas. Um, I'm going to eat my weight in food tonight. so Keto style? I, I'm going to eat so much keto food tonight. It's just, it's just going to happen. But uh, um, I thank you for the invitation for us to come. Why don't we wrap? Ray, we'll start with you. We'll go to Sharif, and then I'll wrap us up. So I just, the energy. Uh, my auntie came Ray, 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 Ray. Yeah. And just the, the energy and, like, the hospitality, the southern hospitality, I miss it so much. Um, you guys are here. Uh, and and I'm I'm just I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, same. San Antonio is beautiful. It's great to be here. Um, the theme that I heard was just, is really just about empowerment. Whether you know using political power, using you know uh, really challenging the brothers and sisters, become the teachers you wish you had and knew you needed, or replicate the good experience that you had. Um, and as well as just a history lesson that you shared with us. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just uh, deeply appreciative. And, um, you know, thank you all. Um, so here's my wrap. Um, everywhere I go, all I care about is how are the children are doing. How are the children is my question everywhere I go. Um, one thing I feel really good about from what I saw today, from top to bottom, you have a charter school association that I think is led by somebody who's no joke, Right. And I think uh, state by state, that differs. You see a different person in that leadership person, uh, state by state. So I'm happy to see that if anybody is going to come to help me if I'm in bad shape or in a fight, I want you to send somebody who's a little bit ferocious. We need a a, a commissioner in New York. You need a commissioner? Yeah. Well, don't come here recruiting, man. (laughs) Just, just, Just leave it alone. I like to see that at the top, an association that will fight for its people and has somebody fairly ferocious. I also love to see skilled legislators who can tell you about how the process works and how to make friends in every direction because it takes skill, right? Some of us would never be able to have the skill level to be able to broker the real good deal. What you all were able to do this year in terms of defensive maneuvers and keeping things on the books is remarkable. It's remarkable. You should give yourselves a round of applause for that. Yay, Texas, right? Keep that going and export that. Uh, Please come to Minnesota. Maybe I am going to (laughs) recruit. All of you are welcome to come to Minnesota in January. Um, (laughs) I'll show you a good time inside. Um, And then to see storied educators who are running schools and are working with our children in ways that is nurturing, culturally affirming, is breaking all the rules from what we're told charter schools do and what they're about, again, warms my heart. Glad to see it. Texas, we love your hospitality. I'm going to love your food tonight, and thank you so much for the invitation. 
You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stuart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.